My name is Paulina. I study graphic design at Royal Academy of Art in The Hague, and you are listening to a series of podcasts with currently enrolled students, which aim to bring insights into the programs of different departments at our academy. Happy to have you with us, and uh, yeah, let's go. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of In Conversation. Today I will be talking with two students from the Artistic Research Department. It's a master program offered at the Royal Academy of Art in The Hague. So welcome Omid and Alexandra. Hi. 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 Nice to have you uh, today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> I start each conversation with a brief introduction from the speakers. So it would be nice to hear from you. Uh, who are you? Where do you come from? Maybe how old are you, if you want to mention that? And why did you decide to study at KBK? Okay, okay so I'm Alexandra, I'm 28. Uh, I come from Poland. I uh, Previously, I graduated from fine arts, from painting. But I also used to study cognitive science and um, English studies in the past. Uh, I came to KBK because in my BA, um, practice also in uh, in my BA thesis I already um, I was already interested in artistic research as a as a part of a practice as a new way of looking at uh, at your practice so um, I was interested in developing this and seeing how how uh, and why people decide to choose this path and um, uh, yeah so uh, I saw that Kabeka has an artistic research, research program and that is uh, there there's like a whole department because like in Poland it's there is like an already growing interest in this approach but it's mostly connected to uh, social studies or um, mostly rooted in some historical research so I was thinking how um, how it's here and uh, which uh, strategies and which approaches can I learn from completely in completely different environment that is, um, yeah, that is international, and that uh, can also put my previous practice and experience in a different context. How about you, Amit? Well, I'm yeah. I I was born in Iran, in Tehran. I uh, my story is a bit different because. I lived in the Netherlands before. This is uh, I studied uh, interior architecture, uh, and then I had one year after the after my graduation. So I thought I can do another master. I mean, I didn't think I can do another master. I thought what I can do to have more time to develop my practice, because I was really pushed to the boundaries of art and architecture. So then I couldn't be, uh, yeah. Um, traditional architect anymore uh, so I was I was in search of uh, what to do in the Netherlands that I can have that and um, I was I mean I applied for residency programs um, that's a bit dif difficult because I'm non-EU like not all the residencies I could do and the, the other ones are very limited anyways in the end my my choice was to uh, go for a course um, that I can afford to pay and uh, Kabuka was the second most cheap education <laughs> I could get as a non-EU like uh, Sandberg Institute was mm -hmm. cheaper it was like 6,000 but Kabuka was 7,500 and then the prices go higher so then like it was really realistic okay what can I mm -hmm. afford and uh, 
because I had one year living in the Netherlands after my graduation I was free to work you know there is this uh, search year visa that allows you to work freely um, so yeah so it was it was very practical in that sense and to choose to choose this master that can give me space for um, developing my theory uh, focus and um, yeah, there are other other things. I think I will I will talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Great. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. But yeah, I think I answered. Yeah, thank you for introduction. Uh, maybe uh, uh, I would just refer to just Omid said, uh, when you are now non-European student and when you graduate uh, in the Netherlands, you have one year of an orientation year. It's called so exactly. you have one year to position yourself to apply for artistic visa or any different type of visa yeah. or to find a job. So I just wanted to, to, to mention it now as we, as we already uh, spoke about that. Um, yeah, great. Thank you very much for uh, both of your introductions. I would like to ask you about the structure of your department, but also what is artistic research and um, what does it mean to study artistic research? Yeah, I guess it is the question that we uh, keep asking yeah, each other is here yeah it's like question. all the time rethinking what is really artistic research and um i think like each practice of like each person um kind of reflects upon this topic and like at the end um our practices and our experiences became like kind of a fluid uh, tissue mm -hmm. that try to approach this question or to answer it but uh, also to me there is like this um, this uh, the it's a lot of there's a lot of place for for um, rethinking theory and uh, repositioning yourself towards theory mm -hmm. and academic research that is kind of a core um, part of the course but still with your individual practice, you kind of orbit, you're ki kind of orbiting around uh, academic research and what is it for you and how can you uh, adapt it to your own practice and your own, your, and your own needs and questions that um, you have in your, um, in your experience, in your art. Mm -hmm. And uh, could you maybe talk how, how you're like, maybe it's also good to mention it now that uh, Alexandra uh, is in the first year of uh, yeah. of the master, and Omid is in the second year. So we also have uh, two different perspectives, which I think it's uh, really really nice uh, to hear about. What is the the structure like? What what does you what does your week look like? Do you have any classes, for instance? Like basically, artistic re research. Also, to answer mm -hmm. the, the previous yeah. question, is that like th the way I see it, this course is divided into practice and writing, or theory. And mm -hmm. the way it helped me was to uh, thinking uh, through writing and bringing those writings or the research to the practice. So um, so that was for me. And, and in general, the course is divided into two, like theory classes and then practice mm -hmm. um, parts that we call it. What do we call it? Um, the, let me see that our teachers is called. Uh, tutorials. Oh, yeah, tutorial. Mm -hmm. tutorial. Yeah. So <laughs> It's <laughs> all right. So, so like in first year, you have reading groups every mm -hmm. month. They are like, it was my favorite part. It was because they were like challenging yeah. texts, difficult texts from uh, critical theory and uh, about art, about different topics. Mm -hmm. 
and then uh, you have to read this text then you come to the class and you discuss it with other students and with the teacher mm -hmm. and um, like the interesting part is that the teacher chooses one word from this text and you have to write about it and in my and it's case, dedicated like yeah, each student exactly. have a different uh, keyword exactly. to write about oh okay yeah. that's really interesting yeah and and this keyword the teacher based on the knowledge that he has from your practice mm -hmm. suggested to you that he thinks it might help you thinking about this keyword mm -hmm. and it really helped me like thinking about writing about this keyword that they seem you know random but in the end they are somehow relevant so mm -hmm. it kind of opens up how you think about your practice or your research and it was like challenging like it was yeah. difficult I, mean, I think you're also like yeah <laughs> it, it's very challenging but at the same time I feel like the reading days that we have it's yeah. also a super interesting thing in a context of like collective collective thinking yeah, exactly. that we are reading the text together and it's mm -hmm. like a very close reading yeah. and uh, we brought uh, we, we bring the topics that uh, also like they're connected with the text but then it became conversations that are more related to our own like struggles or problems or questions and yeah the writing part is uh, also like exciting when we share with each other mm -hmm. uh, what we wrote and people approach it like totally differently yeah, exactly. like sometimes it's an like a poetic essay sometimes yeah. it's a mm -hmm. poem sometimes it's a song or sometimes it's a um, kind of a formula so that's so also full academic like, yes to the <laughs> yes yes yeah. and we also sometimes uh, apart from a keyword uh, we also have some reviews and True. we watch also a movie each day yeah. like mm -hmm. basically the reading days are like best part of the course because because of this thinking you come together to think about these heavy concepts mm -hmm. and then you understand a little bit and then you share with everyone and then in the end of the year uh, we made a publication which every year artistic research mm -hmm. does this publication and then page not found publishes it and all these texts that we write during the year is going to be in a book and also one of us design it we also edit each other's text so it's a lot of editing writing mm -hmm. so if, if someone is really interested you know, in writing, because when I talk with other people from other departments and I tell them about mm -hmm. the, the the volume of all these writings, they might get a bit, you know. But yeah, if you like writing, yeah, it can. I think like the way that the courses run also turns writing uh, a little bit into fun part, yeah. Yeah. and I think yeah. it's I think it's very valuable because mm -hmm. you can use it however you want. And uh, I would just say what Omi just said about uh, that you publish a publication at yeah. the end of the year and then it's uh, mm, then you have an probably an event or something like this at Page there Not Found. There is an event, yeah, at Page Not Found. So just I wanted to say that Page Not Found is a, um, is a uh, non-profit uh, space for books and artistic practice in The Hague. It's a, it's a f it works as a form of a bookstore, but also it's a space for like performances, lectures and events. So uh, just for people who uh, who are not from The Hague or for, uh, who just um, yeah don't know Thanks, what yes. Page Not Found is. And I wanted to ask about uh, these reading groups. Um, are they, uh, is it a part of your theory class or is it something completely separate? No, no, that's that's what yeah. we meant by theory. Okay, so this is your theory yeah, class. And with okay. the same teacher, we have mm -hmm. also other workshops that uh, we think about positioning ourselves or finding a research question. I mean, they're more lecture. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have it this year, so maybe. Yeah, also there are uh, classes when we focus on, for example, thinking about uh, narr narratives and how we can implement um, 
narratives into our mm, mm. projects and uh, research practice. There's also a very strong impact on creating a bibliography. I think it's also it has this um, preparatory. Uh, um, there is this a preparatory aspect for your um, master thesis. Exactly. So you can just really, uh, the year before you write a thesis, you go very deeply into all elements of the thesis, like mm -hmm. yourself within your thesis, your bibliography, and how to make it very, uh, like how to make it m most, most of it uh, to relate to mm -hmm. what you really want to speak about. But it's really interesting to hear also that you have this experimental approach toward writing, you know, that of course if you feel like writing an essay or go towards a more academic approach, it's also welcome. But like as you said, that some people um, make poems or like make songs out of it. So I think it's also something uh, very interesting inside Art Academia that is trying to take this writing um, as a practice, let's say, but also try to rethink it. And how to do it, yeah, in a more experimental way, which I think is really interesting. I'm also very interested in that. It's um, still a long process because yeah, I think yeah. like this is changing a lot in the recent years in the academia that people try to kind of abandon a little bit this academic language because it's more dividing and mm -hmm. more uh, closing from the people yeah. outside of the mm -hmm. school. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. And like uh, Alexandra, you just mentioned uh, working on a thesis. So um, uh, I would like to also talk now about like your more personal interest and like what are you currently working on uh, inside master artistic research or maybe uh, like aside like like up to you. Uh, so I would like to hear about what are your topics you're interested in working with and um, because I also uh, what we spoke a little bit before the podcast that basically you don't uh, accept theory class you don't really have classes in a way you have it's uh, it works more as a guidance right so you have True. tutors yeah. and you have talks so um it would be also nice to hear about your yeah T uh, thesis what, what's it what are your thesis about um well you, you didn't talk about the tutorials but like i just mentioned quickly because mm -hmm. so so i go yeah. to the thesis the like tutorials i think every month it's planned every month mm -hmm. with one mm -hmm. tutor and then you just show what you've been busy with Mm -hmm. And then we have also group critiques after a few months that all the class gather and they uh, we, we talk about our practice together. So mm -hmm. those are also learning moments. They're not like classes as traditional, yeah. you know, setups. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, in the second year, which I am in now, and now it's February, like end of February, we're handing in the, the fina final mm -hmm. version of the thesis. So we're very busy uh, with the thesis from September. Even in the summer, we started to, to like write the... A research question. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, my, my thesis, um, I'm writing the conclusion, so it might change any moment. <laughs> like even this conversation <laughs> might change now. But, uh, <laughs> of course, always like this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the research question is, um, uh, like the question I'm trying to explore is that uh, the possibility of changing performative presence of the audience into revolutionary presence against global capitalism. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then I go into these two kind of concepts or idea of what is capitalism, neoliberalism, mm -hmm. what is going on. Um, if you're an artist, what does it mean to live in the Netherlands, to live in Europe, to, you know, uh, how can you survive as an mm -hmm. artist? And we know it's difficult. Um, but then in capitalism, within that system, uh, how can you use your creativity? You can mm -hmm. use it to 
in order to sell yourself to you know mm -hmm. to promote yourself or uh, this is more like the conclusion I am reaching is that you can maybe use your creativity to create communities to mm -hmm. create you know collaborations to create to um, to get to know e each other to form small groups that you can maybe do something meaningful instead of that you become part of this commodification of mm -hmm. capitalism so and then also performance art uh, which mm -hmm. started as a revolutionary practice that is a non-material art form to escape that uh, commodification but then in the end now every big museum they have their own section of performance art is very mm -hmm. organized they have their own budget and so it's also that idea is now turned around and talk about this idea of yeah whatever creative idea is out there no liberalism go and in incorporate mm -hmm. it from within and would you call yourself a performance artist I call myself performance artist. I don't know how other people think of that. <laughs> 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 but yeah, like um, my practice um, after like this one year and a half of, mm -hmm. you know, like fight, I mean, wrestling with all these ideas is that I reached to this conclusion to use performance as a research tool. And the performance for me is not anymore setting up a show for the audience necessarily. And is what the performer goes through the moment of performance uh, there are examples of that I can maybe talk about it later on mm -hmm. um, but also it's it's also about it's not gonna be me performing mm -hmm. it's gonna be a group of performers which mm -hmm. can be selected from anyone so it's kind of decentralizing this idea of artists you know like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. institution artists audience or mm -hmm. uh, materials like like these elements that now we have a person who can be a performer and they can be their own audience and their material like and everyone can be an artist this is like basically what i reach in the conclusion that mm -hmm. it's true i'm i'm studying art and you know like i'm paying for it but uh, I, I really want to talk about that in the next question yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that but yeah like i think yeah that's it does it make sense yeah uh, it, it i mean makes sense. if you use performance as a research tool yeah i think it's a we already had a, a lot of conversation about that, that you, you can use anything as your research tool exactly. as long as it mm -hmm. gives you some, yeah, it pushes you into asking more questions and uh, reaching to, to the people and, yeah, in general, expanding your field of interest too. And yeah, for sure. And how about you, Alexandra? What, what are the topics you are coming to, to uh, KPK or you work with? Yeah, so I came here as a uh, as a person working with uh, drawing a lot, and that was a that was my research tool. Mm -hmm. It was like a research tool to investigate like um, very personal stories, but also trying to use a drawing practice as something that can help you understand things happening around you, like uh, different concepts that are also related to our cognition mm -hmm. um, and our existence within different yeah, communities, uh, within also different situations of, um, of oppression. Uh, but uh, when I came here, I also had a good time of uh, looking into my practice and my past experience with like collective collectivism and collaborative drawing groups that I run in the Poland in Poland in 
in past uh, years with my friends. And when I uh, looked at this part of my practice, I realized that the theme like feminism and uh, discovering uh, what is feminism for, for me and how do I see it and how can I research it and where can it bring me, it, it became uh, a very important part. Also, um, what is public and what is private, mm -hmm. uh, which things, uh, like which elements of uh, experience of being uh, a, a woman um, can be discussed and can be like relearn and in groups uh, and in collective in collect collective groups and in in, in different forms of uh, collaborative mm -hmm. practices. So um, I try to I try to jump between this very personal and individual uh, investigation mm -hmm. towards um, learning more about being. Uh, a woman in a group of women or yeah. and also uh, being a being a woman within uh, um, a group of uh, queer communities and mm -hmm. um, queer friendships and this is also the thing that I am discovering more and more here mm -hmm. in Kabaka. I feel that this is very important uh, experience and especially um, yeah especially in the in the context of what's happening uh, in my country and um, what's happening to to my friends uh, right now mm -hmm. um, yeah it's a it's a it's a broad it's a broad mm -hmm. topic but I really like yeah. that you both uh, brought up this idea of uh, collaboration and collectivism uh, I think it's really interesting but it's also something which is what I understood from you today it's a kind of inherited in the program of your department that you have this um, group readings, uh, feedback sessions, and um, it's always like uh, with other people or like to hear from other people. And I was thinking, how big is your group actually? How many students you have like in your department in your year? Um, we are eleven, and we are nine. Year so nine. first year is nine people, yeah. and second year is eleven people. So it's really tiny. It's very, it's very tiny. intimate in a way, right? Mm -hmm. All right. I, I, I mean, it depends mm -hmm. on the group. I think. Yeah, Every of year course. I think there is a different vibe. Yeah. Yeah, that's so for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. But it's very, very tiny in a it way. It is like yeah. Like yeah. And we, we used share to studios. Yeah, we share studios. So like um and we, we share a share calendar studios. too. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, exactly. We share everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to also ask you about this uh big uh, big thing of a creative process and uh, what is creative process for you and uh, how do you understand that? Because it's a really, I have the feeling, important part of uh, our any artistic practice. Um, what are your steps and how do you follow that? So I would love to maybe also briefly just hear from you. Um, how do you deal with this creative process? Um, do you want me to? Yeah, <laughs> go on. <laughs> well, like, uh, for me, that is really... Um, related to my life and and what i'm doing in that moment um mm -hmm. and then i think it makes sense like to to create something that is yeah reflecting somehow on your own life so when i started my studies here um in, in 2020 right it was 20. Mm. um <laughs> i must take <laughs> I was um, like, we, we, we had one of these group critiques and my p uh, I prepared a per performance uh, where I was dressed up as a KFC worker because I was working in KFC mm -hmm. in that time. 
I was still in my uh, one year, uh, you know, research. Uh, sorry, what is it? Uh, search year for the yeah, yeah. work. Or test year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I could I could work freely. So I was working full time in KFC to pay for my tuition fees. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, like, this was one of the things I wanted to talk about. I, I was paying like 7,500. And uh, so and I, I was paying it in installments. So like it's 800 euro per month. Mm -hmm. And then plus the living cost up to one thousand, so then eighteen hundred per month. Like I was paying, uh, and then there was this group critic moment, and then I was like, I don't have time to do anything. Like if it wants to go on like this, if I have to work full time mm -hmm. to study, then I just started to bring my GoPro with me inside KFC and filming what was going mm -hmm. on there. So that's what I mean by reflecting on the life because it's impossible to separate it. Like I'm an oh. artist student from outside I Europe which mm -hmm. doesn't get scholarships or study loans then uh, like um, and also like what happened was that yeah I wanted to like tell you what happened in the performance like in the performance basically this character which was me mm -hmm. also not me started to pay his tuition fee to the school with the <laughs> with the money is that I like with the coins like mm -hmm. that is like okay seven thousand um, and like there was this environment that yeah this this person is a screwed because he's like and there was also a problem with uh, a residence permit in that time something was happening and uh, like it was very reflecting on my own life and then in that in that performance i escaped from the academy i went basically to the street and just started running around mm -hmm. in the hague and, and then people were looking at me like this crazy guy like <laughs> So like, like that's what I mean. Maybe performance as a research tool mm -hmm. was that uh, I was reflecting on my own situation. What does it mean that I'm doing here? I'm I'm doing this mm -hmm. to study um, because you know, like studying abroad. If you are from other countries, from weaker economies, yeah. with the currency different, is a big sacrifice for you, your family. Like seven thousand is a lot of money in Iran. Um, so then what should I do with this time that I have here? What, like, you know, what kind of things this performance should do? Then that will bring me to that thesis mm -hmm. and to that practice. So, yeah, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> it was about creative process. But oh, I yeah, think creative <laughs> process. <laughs> but I think you also cooperate yeah, 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 uh, yeah. in, yeah. A, in yeah. a way like how it also refers to your personal experiences yeah. and like bringing camera to your workplace. I yeah. think it's really, it talks about that. I'm really happy to also bring this... Um, topic of being a non-UN uh, non uh, student inside the academy um, because it also um, unfortunately it brings uh, other uh, struggles and um, it's also good to keep it in mind if there are any people who are like yeah, considering studying here it was also I think for me before I arrived uh, I was working one year to save money um, to be able to, to study here and still I'm, I'm coming from Poland which is part of the European Union uh, I can't compare it uh, in a way, but um, yeah, it's, it's really good to have this insight as well. I think for the for the listeners and um, Alexandra. Mm, now, now jumping back again to creative process. Do you do you have something also like to say about this? Um, I can say uh, like I can speak about. Uh, I think it, it's it's a nice thing nice thing to share about the creative process that I'm. Uh, right now uh, having with a friend that we are collaborating mm -hmm. and I think it's an interesting um, thing to 
to maybe describe because like for me the creative process I've never uh, realized or I've never uh, I, ne I was I never was that much patient towards myself to realize how lost can you feel and uh, how many bad feeling feelings can you s deal with during your creative process that um, yeah like from the outside sometimes it's seems that it's so fun that you're collecting materials that you're experimenting mm -hmm. that you're yeah that you can walk you can read something that there are so many elements that seems really um yeah like fascinating because you can approach them and you can learn something new but at the same time there is this um there is this huge amount of uh, uncertainty and like really feeling feeling lost and sometimes really not knowing what you're talking about or um trying to see uh, new values in the things that seems to be to have no value <laughs> at all but the the important thing i guess right now for me is that when i'm in a creative process with a with a person i collaborate with it's it's a friend mm -hmm. from the studio um it's an interesting thing that in a collaboration you can kind of support each other in this process of being lost and you it and it's so interesting because when you see it from the outside, uh, like you look at uh, the other person that you work with and sometimes it's just so helpful to to be together in this feeling. And that is this is actually a feeling that you can share and you can help each other mm -hmm. uh, and you can learn even more than from this like super individual approach that I feel like this is a, a huge challenge, but also something that I would really love to explore because uh, in the past, I um, experienced a lot of um, thinking that as an artist, you have to be this like individual mm -hmm. that is very like separated in your uh, and, and kind of secluded that you yeah. need to figure out everything on your own. And that's the moment when this is valuable because yeah. you work on something completely alone and th that you are this like separated genius. And mm -hmm. that's the value. Th that's where the that's where the value of your mm, art is yeah, born but at the same time it's it's not like this at all and it's it can be so fascinating when you just uh challenge these mm -hmm. things in uh, in a collaborative way I, I totally agree uh, i think artistic uh, and creative process can be really frustrating every time i am stuck i just reach out to other people just that my to do thing basically to hey could you please meet with me for a coffee can we have a feedback session could you read what i just wrote uh because sometimes you just it's really difficult to distance yourself from making or like from writing or from yeah working on something so um that at least for me it was a great thing to experience uh here in school um and this is something what i for sure would take with me <laughs> outside yeah i think like yeah. one thing is that you have a tutorial who have uh, yeah with artists with your tutors and that that's the moment when you kind of take a step back and together you look at your things but I, f I feel like this uh, conversations in the studio between uh, between friends and like yeah. like feedbacking on each other's work and um, that this is a very essential part for sure I even heard uh, in my school sometimes teacher says uh, we have also feedback groups, like feedback sessions uh, with like, let's say four of us and a tutor. And very often it happens, the tutor says, guys, it's also like the time for you to, like you learn from each other. And this is also great, you know, students can also help each other. Um, yeah, I think like we, um, 
we learn more from each other than our tutors mm-hmm. somehow. There is not this this wall in between, you know. Yeah. And um, sometimes I feel like some tutors prefer certain topics, and I think it's everywhere, you know, with art education is like, or they have more specialty in certain fields mm-hmm. that they, you know, like on purpose or I mean not on purpose, uh, the opposite of on yeah. purpose. I was uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, re- unconsciously. Yeah, like unconsciously. like they try yeah. to, you know, guide you to there. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, with with other students, it's it's. I think it happens more naturally. Yeah, I think I feel like also this is a part that you need to be really, uh, like careful and also yeah. observant. Like when you feel that, uh, in conversation with a certain tutors, you you feel that you're pushed into some directions that yeah. maybe you didn't want to go or you don't feel comfortable with. It's also nice to have this like. Um, contact with other students mm-hmm. so you can feel hey this is not where i want to yeah, go exactly. mm-hmm. i'm more familiar with this or like i feel like i'm talking about something else and <laughs> yeah. then yeah, it's I mean, just the, nice the, this to look that i saw once on my te- teacher's face i was like he's not following anything like i was like <laughs> <laughs> okay okay let's just you know like mm-hmm. this is not you cannot expect everything from your tutors yeah of to, course to yeah. know or to comment so like that's something maybe sometimes I'm missing that uh, you know like in in first year mm-hmm. I had a tutor um, Babak I mean he's uh, he's a great teacher and and he's Iranian so like we share this mm-hmm. you know like he understands me without saying much but mm-hmm. then in in my second year I missed that oh like there is no tutor that can know this cultural background or these struggles this as much as the, you know the other one so like I I kind of uh, like would fancy if there was you know a choice that you could mm-hmm. say i want to continue with this teacher mm-hmm. like you know this this i'm missing honestly mm-hmm. like that yeah you're assigned i mean that's also part of professional mm-hmm. i mean you have you have to work with other people but i think it's a yeah it's also good that you just mentioned because we are arriving to kind of uh, almost the last question of our podcast like it's about expectations yeah and uh, if you uh, have any expectation before coming to the academy and when you're already inside the academy, if this uh, certain image has changed or no. So you, s- you already mentioned this, uh, working with a certain tutors. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's anything more you would like to add in this topic, in this question. Do you want to go? Um, I, I like about expectations, like I, I wanted to like, um, as I explained it, earlier that if you want to support yourself because I studied in the Netherlands before and I had a scholarship Mm -hmm. from my previous academy and my family in that time was supporting me but then after one master they were like come on like you know (laughs) (laughs) and I was like yeah cool I mean you don't have to support me I'm gonna make it myself yeah but then with all the expenses and all the like I lost my job at McDonald's I mean at KFC Uh, because I went to the student visa and as a non-EU, you need a work permit mm-hmm. that they need to apply for you, and they don't want to wait, you know, five, six weeks for you for you to get that work permit. Yeah. S- so basically, I lost that job, and then like this one, I wanted to mention as a trick or as a suggestion that a non-EU student can work as um, self-employed. Mm-hmm. That here you can register yourself at the Chamber of Commerce, and that's w- how I was doing. Basically, I was like getting architectural commissions through you know being self-employed because you cannot easily be um, employed 
by other places mm-hmm. um, and and you can only work 16 hours a week so it's really important like to not think that there's gonna be a lot of also time because of the full-time study that hey I want to go and support myself and like one like the biggest advice that we had last year is really funny like last year we had a legal advisor who mm-hmm. came to talk to our department and in, in the end he said well the best decision for non-EU is that to marry a European mm-hmm. and then you can <laughs> then you can afford it but uh, otherwise like the lack of scholarships and uh, lack of support mm-hmm. for specifically because we have like different issues when you come from outside Europe here like a, a place like Iran you come you don't have any international banking you have to open a bank account and you need BSN number while you cannot have an address which happened to our friend yeah so like I really wish Kabeka should uh, will have you mm-hmm. know like uh, bodies that help a student like foreign students to, to go all through these processes yeah, the beginning is... Uh, from the beginning, the beginning can be very hysteric. Yeah, it's yeah. A, you mentioned BSN number. BSN number is a citizen oh, yeah. service number. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just wor- I'm like in this back, uh, yeah, yeah. backstage voice, you know. But I would just uh, mention BSN is a citizen uh, service number. It's basically for all of the people who are coming to the Netherlands. They have to register and they have a certain amount of time to do that. I'm not sure how much it is, four or three months. Uh, I'm not sure, so I'm, I'm not going to... Uh, yeah. It's something to check, basically, yeah. but... Uh, every person has to be registered uh, and has to have an address. So uh, that's something um, to also keep in mind, uh, that it might be a little bit hectic at the beginning. I think like everyone should just start looking a few, maybe, maybe several months before Immediately coming. after Immediately, uh, yeah. acceptance letter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, everyone knows that there is a housing crisis in the Netherlands yeah. and it's affecting everyone, including students. So yeah. Exactly. For me, that was very dramatic part also, like looking for a place um, and finding it quite late. So you also need to sometimes need to prepare that you might uh, live with some friends week there and or week there until you get your place. So, yeah, that's a tough part. Is there anything you would like to add? Uh, to the expectation like or, or, or like in general because basically uh, the last question would be a little bit about saying goodbye but also like the landscape of the city and of the Hague or like what does it mean to study in the Netherlands you are both international students uh, you, you've been already omit here for a while but still come from Iran to also draw this like landscape of the Hague for people who are also considering coming from different countries to study here mm. yeah we Ta- yeah, you can. Yeah, we d- we talked. Uh, yeah, because you live in Rotterdam. I live in Rotterdam, yeah. so I can talk about Rotterdam. But yeah, you can talk yeah, about I can. <laughs> like for me, Hague uh, and also studying art at Kabeka, it's um, it's very much like being in a school bubble. And I heard mm-hmm. it from a lot of people that uh, that's a little bit like a vibe of the city. <laughs> <laughs> that um, for for uh, art students, that you are very much uh, that you spend most of the time. At, at school you try to um, catch up different parts of your life but basically you spend a lot of time here and with the people who you, who you meet mostly um, at, uh, at the university uh, I think like there are advantages and disadvantages of that like for sure it's it's because of that it's it's maybe easier to uh, get closer to the to people that you study with or you meet at school and that uh, these friendships can evolve into something like 
like more lasting yeah. and more valuable and i feel like this is an important part because like on a daily basis with like with with work and with um life in a contemporary life you it, it's just hard to find a environment in which you can really catch some um yeah or to find some uh friendships that can be like a long lasting mm -hmm. thing or something that you can really learn something about the people you you talk to and i think like that's a good part of a mm -hmm. of a school bubble and yeah i, I live in rotterdam which is uh, 25 minutes by train because you're also sharing this kind of information <laughs> yeah so, uh, yeah that's, that's and it costs like exactly no, but, that's good um, to say yeah like I don't know how much we can go to the practical things, but I mean, everyone can check the prices of how much it costs to. Mm -hmm. But I live in Rotterdam because I moved there as an architect because Rotterdam is a city of architecture, full mm -hmm. of architecture offices. Um, so that's why I was there already. And then I didn't move to the, to the Hague. Um, so like, it's, it's doable, like from my home to my studio that I take the train and I come is one hour traveling. Door to door door to door basically mm -hmm. yeah so it's like i mean I, I come from tehran and then anywhere you want to go is like two three hours uh, like <laughs> in the city so like one hour is like it's okay it's mm -hmm. it's like taking a metro in a bigger city between rotterdam and the Hague. um but is it the point moment that we say goodbye or uh, like um, our last point is or this, this is my last question oh, basically oh. about the living in the netherlands oh, or yeah. like the landscape of the, the city yeah. uh, so if you s uh, later if you i can still ask about if there's anything you would like to add oh, yeah. uh, but like it's also good to say that you are uh, living in rotterdam because it's also an option basically True, it's an option. also I delft i also I delft and the delft is a little bit cheaper i think uh, of course it's I've, uh, from my personal experience i think it's always easier to be in the city where your school is yeah. especially for bachelor students i'm in the fourth year graphic design bachelor because uh, you have basically classes every day so it's 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 good to be here yeah. But uh, I also guess that for master's students, maybe it's also an option to be in Amsterdam or Rotterdam if, if anyone wants. So these cities are really well connected. Uh, it's, it's of course, you have to spend some time on commuting, but it's still, it's doable, it's fine. Yeah, also like you should think about the money part also. Exactly. So yeah, for commuting. For commuting, if, if I mean, if it's okay, then. If it's, it's okay, possible, then it's yeah. a thing to do. Um, all right, so if there's anything you still want to add, yeah, sure, but you maybe you want to add something? No, you can, you can sort. <laughs> you're, you're good with bringing up things. Um, no, like I, like in, in general, um, like my study is coming to an end mm -hmm. at some point soon. And then I look back. Um, I, I don't regret coming to Kabeka or I don't regret like studying in the mm -hmm. Netherlands. Um, but then like you know thinking about the structures of academy thinking about the structures of like the whole neoliberal societies i see myself coming from iran as a non-eu really really international student because like you're also international mm -hmm. but you're <laughs> within yeah. this yeah. within it's the eu so thing. it's like i'm really the thing i mean not me but anyone who can make it exactly. from i have a friend from palestine i have a from from mexico you know like yeah then um so like I, I wish KBK and Dutch uh, education system mm -hmm. and also culture, the, like art and culture, can recognize that if we are here, we are bringing values, we are bringing, you know, different kind of worldview. Like, 
we are adding to the scene. Yeah. Basically, if, if you're defining the inclusive art scene, this is what it means. But then if we set high tuition fees, basically for us, 7,000 euro, 500. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if there is no scholarship, if you make it more difficult for non-EU to come, then I'm questioning who, who can afford to come, you know? Yeah. Which kind of student the academy or the institution allow to come? Which kind of work they allow to be w- made, basically? Because if you're from a lower-income family in Iran, I don't see it possible. Like, you need to maybe work 10 years. Mm-hmm. So then it's really important that Kabeka in the future starts to make a scholarships. Really, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I don't think there is not budget, you know? Like, if we want non-EU internationals, we have to give them also opportunity to come. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's this is my argument, Netherlands and Western European countries in general, with the years of colonialism, disrupted the whole economy of the world. They did the destabilized economy of many countries and still are doing with the with multinational corporation, Shell, Unilever, mm-hmm. you name it, you know? So we cannot be ignorant of this history and I'll say, hey, like, come on, we are open for international students, but not really, like, you should pay even. Yeah for having us here and my name name of Omid Khairabadi is going to mm-hmm. be on the Spotify mm-hmm. I hope forever I hope yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I hope this that. part <laughs> is going to be there because I'm going to like t- like tell my followers to, to see of course <laughs> no but uh, mm-hmm. you know you see what I yeah. mean L- like yeah, fully, if fully. I am here mm-hmm. and and the school the school suggested that you talk to me like you told me you know mm-hmm. like there is something in this that they want me to be seen, but I also like have things to say that mm-hmm. they might not like to hear. This this might like I go on criticizing these policies, and this might end up me not getting my degree in the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is possible, but I mean that's not really the point. It's yeah. like that. Uh, it's just not about acknowledging uh, yeah. diversity, but really doing something to exactly. make this diversity mm-hmm. not just like a um, shallow concept on the facade exactly. of the institution. I uh, I can't really add anything to that. Like I totally agree and uh, I totally support everything you mentioned. Uh, I wish uh, we would have a structures uh, which can help or like work better towards this. I hope it will change in the following years. This is how it is for now. Uh, so it's also good to voice it. It's also good to mention it for the people exactly who are not from uh, European Union countries to have it in mind. And um, that is something to be prepared for. Uh, everything. Uh, and y- if you would like to come here, um, we've been already talking for a while. So I think we managed to cover everything. If you feel this way. Um, I, I'm very happy for this conversation. It was really great to have you. And I think it was very, very, very full of topics. And like uh, we managed to cover a lot of topics from the structure of artistic research, but also what does it mean to be a student um, in the Netherlands from different perspectives. So, uh, yeah, that was amazing. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, thank you. And I see can you I add like a small, small yeah, thing? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I want just to say that like criticizing mm-hmm. the way things are it doesn't mean that beautiful things cannot happen exactly like we're having this conversation yeah. like mm-hmm. there are like amazing workshops there are like you know like facilities we can use people we can meet uh, like i saw an interesting documentary last week that a student organized you mm-hmm. know like I'm, I'm not picturing a gloomy dark yeah, yeah, situation yeah. it's just you know like awareness of this 
can help and exactly. if we are know if we know that if the school knows that mm -hmm. then if there is an new student then like then the approach is a bit different also that there's so many things behind this person coming here so yeah. that's i just wanted to mention yeah thank you very much uh, omit and alexandra and uh, yeah that was uh, another episode of in conversation so thank you very much <laughs> and uh, see you around the school <laughs>